Blog Talk Radio. State of emergency. Bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to do? I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Corporate rising hustle. Making money hustle. Independent business. 24 struggle. On the block hustle. Crooked cop hustle. No sleep in these streets. 24 struggle. On the stroll hustle. Tricking John hustle. Working the pole. That's your goal. 24 struggle. Counterfeit hustle. Politics hustle. Poppin' off so we all bubble bubble. Who you loving? Who you wanna be? Hugging? 
Hey, Alicia, girl, you man, you took us back. Those are some songs we haven't played in just a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll mute my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? We appreciate everybody that sends us music. Listen, it's 2022. Feel free to send us music. We love good music. Uh, if it's going to be good, let it be good. Because if it's not good, we're not going to play. I'm just going to put it out there like that. You know what I'm saying? We like good music. We like we like to vibe. But if it's not good, we will not play it. So make sure. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Go ahead. And I'll make sure you're available. To, also, don't just send music. You got to come visit the ladies and let's chat. Don't exactly. think it's just a free ride. <laughs> exactly. Listen, all those people just dropping music in the email. I'm not playing it because you did not answer my request to come on the show. So you can <laughs> drop music all day, but if you do not come on the show, we are not going to play your music. That's right, T. Let them know. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Welcome once again to Let's Chat. My name is Miss Tony, and I am joined by the one and only Miss Alicia. Uh, you know, as you know, just to open up the show for those may be joining us for the very first time, Alicia and I started off as loving and just embracing literature, but our show has evolved. We now celebrate the dopeness of all the arts, and music is up there. First and foremost, if you guys have heard from the opening of our show, we love us a good song, quite a few good songs, Leash. <laughs> but yeah. our show allows our guests and our listener audience to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is that they do. Because you never know who may be listening, and they may need that word. You know, everybody's at a different point in their lives, and words are some of the most important things that we, the people, we need to hear, and it really helps us on a personal level. So we hope you guys are ready to have another great night with the ladies in this chat. And uh, our topic today, this is quite interesting. If I can get my lips to work right this evening, I'm just saying. Operation Level Up. Now, you're, you know I always have to ask you, what inspired <laughs> you to come up with this topic tonight, especially with our awesome, awesome guest tonight, author and you know, graphic designer, Sonny Giovanni? You know, um, especially since COVID, everybody is on a pivot thing, right, in business, trying mm-hmm. to expand. So what an operation is, it's uh, the construction and operation of power stations, right? So your power, it levels you up as you go up and so I think that once you have really tapped into what you really want for your brand not what other people see for your brand but what you really want for your brand and not even just the brand because a lot of people don't hate to have a vision for their life that means that you're not moving with intent you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. when you move in mm-hmm. life you have to move with intent and purpose it can't just be chasing the bag because if you chase in the bag you're never going to catch it. You're always going to be chasing the bag. But if you're moving with intent and and your vision is going to make room, money is going to come because you're just operating in a different um, area of yourself. You, you're you receiving that different kind of energy. Mm-hmm. So, oh, did we lose me? Nope, I'm here. My son was okay. coming in. So I had to mute. But but it's it's a necessity for us to do that 
Like, if you have it as um, sad and, and detrimental to just life that this pandemic has been, if you have not learned nothing about yourself, if you have not learned nothing about your business, if you have not changed and, and moved to do things in a different direction, it's something wrong. You know what I'm saying? It's something mm-hmm. wrong. You have mm-hmm. to, you, you, it's going to require you to move in a different way. Maybe you started a business. Maybe you started going to church. Maybe you just started being more spiritual, but you started being a better you. Mm-hmm. And normally when mm-hmm. people go to the hospital to get an operation is to make themselves better. So operation level up. All right. I like that because so much has happened, like you said, within the last few years. And um, coming out on the other side, you want to see some type of growth. Um, and prayerfully, it won't be any type of regression. You know, you may be cooking better. You may have been into um, more, you know, learning different types of food to cook. Y'all know I love to cook. And I'm just saying that my my food preparation and, and delivery has quite leveled up, Lisa, if you could believe it or not. You know, I'm doing a lot more experiments with different types of food. You know, I, I'm a foodie. Yeah, I admit it, I'm a foodie. This <laughs> is to being an avid reader. But you want to make sure that you come out on the other side, <clears throat> excuse me, a better person. And mm-hmm. just knowing yourself better just a, and, and just loving life better. You know, because it's been a, for some people, it's been a lonely two years. And there's two years out of their lives that we can't get back, you know. So we want to make the best of it and the most of it. And um, that's all we can hopefully do. Absolutely. And let me tell y'all, T, she can cook. <laughs> y'all, every time she comes to work, she makes me pancakes. I'll be like, listen, my double up and it's your double up. Whatever you want to cook and cook. I think every appliance I got in my kitchen, I got because Tony recommended it. I got my smoker. I know I can smoke my wings. Shoot, I got my juicer. And then I got my little juice press. Listen, everything I got in my kitchen. My next thing is to get a um a bread maker. That's that's mm-hmm. my next thing to get. But all those mm-hmm. ideas came from Tony. I just wanna say that. I just wanna say that. She ain't lying about her cooking. She ain't lying. <laughs> You, me, and Jonathan, we be getting down when I'm down there, so I so enjoy it. Absolutely. And we got our first fabulous guest coming to kick it with us in the chat room. But before we do that, if you would like to be a guest on Let's Chat, just send your request to thechatradioshow at gmail.com. We got some new things coming on the show uh, platform. Uh, Of course, at 8 o'clock, we're going to have our sports segment. But on Sundays, our core grind will be coming uh, to the Less Chat platform. So it'll be our uh, live interviews with myself, Alicia, uh, and my column. So Hardcore Grind is my column that goes in magazines. Um, it's right now in three different magazines. Uh, it's going to be a fourth magazine. So it's growing, growing, growing. So now it's going to be live. Um, with our fabulous guests that, that I have interviewing for those magazine spots. So, yeah, so if you would like to be a guest and have a, a magazine interview, you would send that request to intriguingmovespr at gmail.com. And we got our first fabulous guest. 
Listen, she's not new, y'all. She's been here before. <laughs> she's been here before. <laughs> honey Giovanni, honey, what you been cooking in your creative kitchen, child? Hey, everybody. Girl, I've been cooking some of everything. <laughs> Listen, awesome. how you been? I mean, doing exactly what y'all just said. I've been living life better, been leveling up, you know, just. Staying out the way, letting everybody do what else they gonna do, you know. Don't it keep mm-hmm. your edges right, girl? Don't it keep it keep your edges right, don't it? It it really does. <laughs> and it's funny you said that. I had to listen, I got a funny story for you. So I've been natural all this time, but my dumb still back in September, I don't know if y'all saw the picture on Facebook, but I decided I'ma perm my hair after mm. I already had it bleached. <laughs> And my hair came out, so my stylist had to cut it real short, and I've never had my hair that short before. Everybody who knows me, when they see my pictures, they're like, oh, the mane is down or the sunny bun is up. And I cried. I really cried. But moving how I was moving, eating right, minding my own business, just staying in my own lane, my hair started growing back like wildfire. And I was like, wait a minute now. I kind of like the short hair, did. I don't know. But, you know, just doing you. It, it works wonders, especially for them edges, y'all. Please do you. Save your edges. <laughs> I know that's right. When you're doing right. you, nothing else matters. <laughs> Listen, we are here for the edges. You got to have boundaries, especially in 2022. You know, a lot of people always want you climbing up their ass. Yes, I did say that. We are internet radio, but ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> nobody got time for that. I'm not doing all of that. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of times, um, and and, and certainly I want you to jump in, a lot of times when people feel that you need them or that you can't do something without them, they kind of move in a way um, that's like uh, they feel like they're not replaceable. You see what I'm saying? They they move and they treat you kind of less than. They feel like mm-hmm. if I don't do it, if I'm not here, they're not going to make it. They're not going to get it going. They're not going to make it happen. And you got to let people know, I'm going to do it with or without you. You know what I'm saying? Most definitely. And shout out to my best friend, Arthur Vett Wilson. She is listening to the show. She, uh, When I told her I was going, you know, coming on your show, she was like, oh, my baby. So, yes. Hey, Vett, we love you. Huh. We, if it wasn't for her. Like, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would have made it through these last two years, like, for real. Mm -hmm. And we have conversations on the regular about healthy boundaries because I'm the best friend that, like, goes, grr, and I'm ready to fight somebody. But not now. And I I really got to thank her for that because she's like, sunshine, you got to calm down sometimes and let them poisonous (laughs) toxic people go. I'm just like, I don't want to. I want to catch the felonies. But I, you know, thank you, Vet, for being that stable person. Listen, uh, that's my class. Yeah, I absolutely love her. And I'm yes. so absolutely, uh, and let me get my words right because I didn't have no water near me. Yeah, I'm so absolutely <laughs> proud of her um, because she moved. Yes. Mm-hmm. She yes, she is. Got, uh, she got a got with Carl Weber. She got Kingpins New York coming out, I believe, in July. Yes. 
eye candy, their whys for what they do. That's all part of the eye candy. And then after mm-hmm. you drop them in, your content is what holds them. You see what I'm saying? Right. And so mm-hmm. it's very important that that it's all on point and it all flows um, in a way where it brings people to you. Um, it's just right. nothing like going up to a restaurant or a bar and the wings is dry and the drinks is nasty and nobody got time for that. So <laughs> you have all of this eye candy coming. You got to make sure that the, the content is on point as well. You know, here on Let's Chat, mm-hmm. we always talk about a goal moment. And that's when thought and execution really come together. A lot of times, we're really mindful about how we pour into other people, how they pour into themselves. Um, but when we talk to ourselves, we always talk in lack. Uh, I can't do it right now. I, I can't right now. Ooh, no, this is not the right time. And we talk ourselves out of things that um, that spirit or God or whomever uh, anybody may worship puts in your, in your soul to do. Uh, we always putting that mm-hmm. on the back burner, even for family. So what was your goal moment when you decided to um, step into the literary world as an author and graphic artist? The moment I stepped in, I had been writing fan fiction forever um, until 2013 when a friend of mine, she lost her high school sweetheart. Um, A lot of people read the book My First Love by me, but I think it was like three or four o'clock in the morning. This um, this nurse, if anybody has ever worked at a nursing home, y'all know sometimes the African nurses can be the worst, but Mm -hmm. I was a nurse too, and I was working overnight. And I just, I really got tired of her condescending attitude. I had three small children. I thought I had a career. And I was just, I was fed up. And I called my kid's dad. And the first thing he said was, you're going to quit, ain't you? <laughs> and I said, you know I'm going to quit. And he was like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to cut you a deal, though. He said, you've been submitting to all of these publishing companies. Everybody want to change you, but you keep on writing. So if you keep on writing, you got to start writing for you. Start writing for the money. This is your career. I put you up for a year, but that's it. As long as you promise not to sign with a company. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, well, that's my green light. I'm going to take it. And I went home. I don't think I slept for two days maybe. And that's when it started. I didn't even promote the first book. Um, Demetria Buchanan, she had the Rich Boy Mafia series. Um, she read the book first, and then she spread it out, I guess, through her uh, reader's group. And all of a sudden, I started getting these tweets and these Facebook messages like, are you the one that wrote my first love? And it just never stopped. It was a, a train that just kept going forward. Mm, Talk about having your back, girl. <laughs> oh, he did. That's and he awesome. still does to this day. Mm-hmm. But that allows you to to really know and appreciate what you have to offer. You know, you came into this literary world and look where you are today. Oh, sometimes all we need is that chance. And and it's up to us to take advantage of it. And you've taken advantage of it and more. So we thank you for pushing on as readers. We thank you. <laughs> well, thank you guys. But to piggyback off something you said. I'm not sure if you said it or Miss Tony said it, but it was um, living for self. And sometimes you get real lax when it comes to yourself. And that is listening. She can attest. We have had those conversations before about how Mm -hmm. is it you can go so hard for everybody else 
but you don't go hard for you. And when mm-hmm. I stopped right. writing and I kind of pulled back away from the literary world, it was because uh-huh. I needed my peace. I said yes to Sunny, and it was so many people that was mad, like, but you got, you know, series that ain't finished. And what about our covers and all of that? And it's like, I just, I've never responded. I just say to myself, mm-hmm. I got real quiet mm-hmm. on Facebook. I don't really post because I finally chose me. And it was, right. you wouldn't believe how many people got pissed off. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, because you needed me. That's why you mad. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. But I said, I'm going to choose me. So true, so true. And, Tony, sometimes we forget to say who we are because we sound so much alike. But this we is do. Tony, you know. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, we don't realize it until later on in life that we all have our own lane. And until we can drive steady in our lane and get past all the, the potholes and the bumps and the bruises, we we thrive. You know, each of us have our own lane, and as long as you're in your lane and you're doing what you're supposed to do, your lane was created for you. Leisha and I, we say that on this show all the time. We all have a place on the road. We just have to know which lane is ours, and it looks like you have found your lane and you have steady cruising right now, but there's always room to continually improve, and that's the beauty of life, just to keep going on. Oh, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of times, oh, go ahead, see. No, I'm good. Go ahead. So, and a lot of times, we we forget that. You know, we forget to tell ourselves uh, how dope we are. But a lot of times, we Mm -hmm. can't see our dopeness because we are being humble. Listen, I'm not here to be humble. And I I feel that um, humble is being less than. You see what I'm saying? And when you steady focused on being humble, you're not able to see us. You're not able to really see yourself shine and see who you are. Now, you can be, you can shine and be grateful. You know what I'm saying? You can be grateful Mm -hmm. for the position you're in, grateful for the skills that you have, grateful for the life you have, but you don't have to be less than in that moment. And I think a lot of times, especially us as women, especially we have kids, you know, we were we're told that anything that requires self care is selfish, and and really that's not true. But for years and generations, we've poured into uh, so many people, uh, and we've lacked in pouring into ourselves. So we get burned out, we get tired, we get weary, and it's never anybody there to pick us up. You know, and that's mm-hmm. really hard. Right. How do you balance everything? Uh, let's see. How do I? I just do actually. I have a very strict schedule where on Sundays after church, um, me and the kids we do what we call self care Sunday, where first we eat at a place that we vote on in the car, like <laughs> spontaneously. We'll go, we'll eat that, and then we come home and we do, you know, our facials, our manicures, we relax, we have movie time, um, we even have game nights. So I think a schedule for me is really how I try to balance everything out, and I make sure to take some time out for myself every day so I can meditate, bother my friends, and probably prank my kids. 
Yeah, no particular order, but that's what happens. Uh-huh. But that's what keeps you grounded. You know, we need those things. And this is Tony, Sunny, but you said something that really resonated with me when you said that, um, you know, people were pulling at you for things that they wanted you to do for them. And that's so true in so many walks of life that you give so much to others where you're not able to give to yourself. But when you do finally give to yourself, which is one of the things that we've spoken about extensively here, it's people don't want to see you succeed. They want to always have you yeah. at their disposal. You know, they all, they want to always have you helping them see and manifest their dreams, whereas a true friend, a true sister, a true, mm-hmm. true patriarch is right there alongside you and you're each working in town. You're each working together to see both of your dreams, you know, and that's, that's so agree. rare. And, and when you find a friend, a sister that's right there with you in the trenches, when the trenches are muddy and you, you calling your way up, those are lifetime friendships. Those are lifetime sisterhoods, you know, and I think a lot of people fail to realize how important that is in life. Where, how do you see the importance of having someone right there by your side, whether it be blood or not, because you're all in it for blood. Almost definitely. Um, but let me preface this by saying I have even cut off family. So it was, mm-hmm. it's nobody immune to my wrath, you know, when it comes mm. to my peace. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I I used to prioritize it so much. Like I didn't want to be by myself. You know what I mean? Right. As somebody who mm-hmm. has dealt with anxiety and depression, I never wanted that. I never wanted to be by myself. I used to keep these toxic people around me and so forth and so on um, mm-hmm. until I finally woke up and was like, okay, you won't let me sleep. You only want money. You only call me when you have a problem. Mm-hmm. What about me? You know what I mean? Like when I'm in my darkest mm-hmm. hour, I call mm-hmm. all of y'all and nobody picks up the phone. Well, except for me, mm-hmm. which is why she's still here. But to have my sister, to have Ben mm-hmm. with me constantly, mm-hmm. it ain't no revolving door with us. Right. Like we're still right. from what I think 2014, clean on up until now, that's eight years, eight solid years of no drama, no BS, no he said, she said, no screenshot mm-hmm. sharing of, you know, what somebody said that you said, you know, none of that. And I think right. keeping that type of bond for every woman, that's mm-hmm. totally important because you don't want to go by yourself. But you need right. somebody who is equally as strong as you, equally mm-hmm. as focused, and somebody who either has practiced law or will hold your bill money in case you get in trouble. So mm-hmm. there is also that. That's how important it is. That's right. It's, it's, you're so you're so right. And this is Tony once again. I've got to try to remember to say who I am. But, you know, you want someone that you know you can call up in the middle of the night and say you have a problem. She said, where you want me to meet you? You know, you, I got whatever it is. No questions asked. Those are things that are really, really important. But um, I want to ask you, Sunny, you've gone through so much and you have so much 
to share to to us as readers. How do you see your growth over these last couple of years, and are you satisfied with where you are right now with that growth? I am never satisfied. I am never because I'm always <laughs> pushing myself like to uh-huh. the next level. And it's like, okay, well, we made it here, so let's, you know, play hopscotch and see if we can get over here. But I have grown a lot, like my temperament. Like I used to mm. drag people for filth if I was offended on social media. I don't do that mm-hmm. now. I just be chilling. And it's I'm at a stage in my life now where it's kind of like, if you say one plus one is five, you are absolutely right, boo. Go just one <laughs> plus one show is five. Like I'm in that type of headspace. Uh-huh. Um. I used to be in such a rush to drop mm-hmm. like four or five, maybe six books in a month. But now it's like, girl, if we only do four, we still good. Like you still wrote the book, right. edited, edited, it's out there. I think I'm more mm-hmm. patient with myself now and I've made mm-hmm. peace with myself. So that part I'm satisfied about. That growth, mm-hmm. I'm satisfied about that. My career, no, I'm never satisfied. <laughs> like I always mm-hmm. want more. Yeah, and that's natural. You're always striving to to do more, be more, you know, and and expect more. But that's a beautiful thing, you know. That's in a nutshell. That's life. You know, it's like you're shedding all that negativity, and you're focusing on you and yours. But you said something funny that's so important, and it's like. Okay, I'm going to meet you where you are. Like you said, if one and one is equal to five, I'm right there with you. That's your five. You know, take it and run yes. with it. Be that as, as it women, may. Like, like, we're, yes. we're easily offended as women when, you know, somebody just gives us this little look. We're, like, offended. Mm-hmm. But at this particular right. stage in life, it's just like, oh, shit, I got mustard on my shirt or something. Okay, cool. I'm glad you noticed. Thank you. <laughs> And just move on. Like, instead of exactly. it being like, what is she looking at? You know, no. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for looking. I know. It's too many more important things to be extending your energy on. And that's what it's, it's too draining when you are constantly looking to be approved by someone, you know? I, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm, I'm expressing that right, but it just, it just takes too much energy. <laughs> Exactly. It does. Does. And that's another reason I'm not even on social media because, I mean, a lot of people close to me, they know why I'm not on social mm-hmm. media. It's just so draining mentally because on the one right. hand, you see all these people giving motivation, but they forget you know them in real life. So you know mm-hmm. that they're secretly wishing that the next chick falls off the map somewhere. But then you also mm-hmm. see people who are living these facades. And you kind of get envious at a certain point. Like, okay, well, if she got it, why I don't got it? And I know I work harder than she do. So instead of, you know, feeling all of that, all of that energy, mm-hmm. I just, I'm not even on. I'd be like, y'all, I hear you. so I can go to my page. And if it's important, text mm-hmm. me so I can go on, you know, Facebook and like it. But if you ain't got my personal number, that's a you problem. I listen now because you you are on social media. You may not be on Facebook, but your TikTok is very is is jumping. Girl, <laughs> okay. So tell me about your 
about your tell us about your journey into TikTok. Um, what was that like learning that platform and learning to make it work for you? At first, it was just something to do because we were in lockdown. So I watched like a lot of TikToks for probably like a year, like everybody else, you know. And then this one lady on TikTok who was following me, like I had no idea who she was. And she did this story time, but before she did her story time, she asked a very important question, which was, what was a family secret that broke you as an adult? And I, you know, um, did my story time about that. And then all of a sudden, these people just in the thousands started coming out and was like, oh, tell a time about this and do this one and do, you know, crime talk and it was a lot. So I was like, okay, well, let me try to keep up with this because I don't have nothing else better to do anyway. And now I'm mm-hmm. up to, I think, like 32,000 followers on TikTok. Like, that's how bad yeah. it got. Like, people starved mm-hmm. for story time. Mm-hmm. Well, I just now, I just found you and I'm following you. So I'm happy to those thousands. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. Now- now, and everybody knows that books are a business. You know, every you know when it's a business, you have to move a certain way because you actually are a walking billboard. You're forever branding yourself, even in your regular life, especially with social media. So, what are eight essential um, characteristics you think are needed in branding? Oh, that is a good question. Let me see. Eight characters. Okay, optimism for one. You most definitely have to be optimistic because a lot of people are gonna try to tear you down, no matter if you are an author or you selling eyelashes. A lot of people will try to tell you what you're doing ain't gonna work. Remain optimistic. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Mm, another characteristic. You have to stay vigilant. Because you have to be looking out for the competition or support system, and everybody ain't so competition. You could probably link up with another brand and blow up overnight. I mean, you never know. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to be steadfast, meaning trends change all the time. So hop on it, ride it until the next one. Um, You have to be self-aware because – there comes a time, no matter what you're doing or what you're trying to sell, you're going to probably be put in an uncomfortable situation where you don't want to compromise who you are. And I think one of you guys said it earlier about, you know, know what you want for your brand. A lot of people don't know what they want for their brand, and they'll be willing to sell their soul to the next publisher or the next person who says, I can help your career. No, baby, be self-aware, please. Know your mm-hmm. boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it is okay to be overprotective of your brand. So number five, be overprotective. Um, you have to be willing to protect what you're doing at all costs because you never know which level you're going to end up at tomorrow. Um, also, don't let nobody take from you what you built because you built that shit. Like, I don't care if you sign to a publisher or not. Always protect yourself. Um let me see. We need three more, right? So gratefulness. If you have been working a whole 13 years 
and you only made one sale or one person has talked about your brand, be grateful for it. Don't let that go to your head because, I mean, who likes to see that ever? Um, mm-hmm. What we need two more. Hmm. Eclectic. I think you most definitely have to be eclectic. You have to be respectful of all the other brands that are surrounding you. And it's okay to incorporate those other brands with yours just to try to find a decent flow. And lastly, be freaking punctual and professional. <laughs> if not, you're going to lose a lot of folks who are going to want to work with you because you don't know how to be either on time or be professional. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I gave you nine instead of eight. <laughs> That's okay. I'm about to piggyback off of that. Give yourself grace. In business, it's forever changing. You can't change what what happened last month, last year, two years ago. You can't fix that. You got to give yourself grace. You have to learn from it, and you got to move on and be better. You know what I'm saying? Be better than you were that moment. Mm -hmm. Always give yourself your flowers. I see people down themselves. I don't remember which author it was, but I heard that an author was strictly selling paperbacks and she made like $25,000 off of it. And somebody came to me with, you know, Sonny, I can't believe it. I've been trying to sell my books and I'm I'm getting like a dollar and some change from royalties in a month. Like, girl, you better celebrate the hell out of that dollar and some change because it could be zero. And not even that. Mm-hmm. So, a, a lot of authors see Amazon as the be all end all, and it is not. Um, it is a tool. It is it it is an engine part of your brand. Um, and when it comes to Amazon, you have to know how much of a percentage they're getting. And if you're only getting a dollar, if you listen, maybe you need to the price of your books so you can get more than a dollar, but you need to push your paperback. Your paperbacks is how you make your money. Um, and yes, I think a lot of authors don't know that. They don't understand that. They see Amazon and they see all these people clicking and all of this. And sometimes it, it's just what you see. But it's hard. You don't know what the person has to do to get to that point. You don't know how long they've been in the game before um, their book actually hit. Because as an author, everything you write is not going to hit. Now, I will say always keep your catalog up to, get, up to date and on point because when that book does hit, they're going to go back in your catalog and they're going to start reading your other books. And you want to make sure those books that are in your catalog go along with your growth as an author, your growth as a pen. If you have learned something, your pen style is stronger, go back to your very first book. Tighten that up. Get that together. Get it re-edited. Get a new cover. Now, why you have to say that? I'm just I'm saying. Going I'm through that right now. And it's so frustrating because I look <laughs> at my old style of writing and I be like, oh, girl, if you say in one more time, I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah. I, um, I'm up to my neck. And y'all know I got a lot of books. And I get so mm-hmm. tired of editing that I stop for a couple of days 
and then I try to go back. And the book cover that you have now, um, Property of a Dallas Psycho, that was originally titled The Snitch way back in 2015. But when I went back, I re-upped the whole storyline. It had a part two, which was called The Confidant. I trashed part two. And a lot of readers who read mm-hmm. part two, it, which is Breaking Dominic now, they were like, did, I, I did not read this back in 2015. What is this? It's a whole new one. I didn't like the second one, so I trashed it. I wasn't going to edit that garbage. Like, it's my book. I can say it was trash. I think that my part two was trash. So uh-huh. I it, and we got a whole new storyline out of it. Mm-hmm. Listen, Victoria Christopher Murray always talks about her very first book when she has to go and look at listen to it, and she said, "What is that I have written?" <laughs> she says it all the mm-hmm. time. Very, very first book. Everybody, when it comes to their very very first book, always says, "I don't know what that was. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I don't know what, but you know." Thank God for growth. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's what I was about to say. That just shows the growth. You know, that's the growth in you, and you recognize the growth knowing that, you know, when you started off, you've come so very far. And you and you made it better. Oh, you made it better than it was. You took that series. Mm-hmm. You did what needed to be done with it in the moment. You know what I'm saying? With the skills that you have, you did what needed to be done to make that series better and to give the readers more uh, of what you know they deserve to experience when they pick up a Johnny book. You know, so it's you just doing what you're supposed to. Welcome to the world of literature. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you for welcoming me all over again because, girl, listen, I got my book back from a major publisher and I was so excited because I was like, Oh my god, I got my book back. I finna, you know, redraft and all of this and I opened up that first page and I was like, Why are you so long winded? I'm gonna pay somebody <laughs> to edit this because I can't I can't do this no more. <laughs> I know. And you know what it is? It, it, and it's like that, you know, it's, it, when you step into, even like in your closet, when you you go through your closet, you call yourself spring cleaning, it's like, what's this? You know what I'm saying? What, what was I going to wear this to? Who told me to buy this? I mean, but in the moment of wherever we are at that time, whatever season we in, that was what was trending in our lives, you know, but as we grow right. and as we experience, and, and we we level up. It's like that person you you don't recognize anymore. You don't recognize why that thing was important, why it looked good, why it sounded good. Because now you just a whole nother level, and it's like this is no longer accessible. I got to get this together. So yes, mm-hmm. I encourage all authors go back to that first book. If you got ninety nine books, go back to that first book. Tighten it up. Mm-hmm. In other words, Operation Level Up, the topic of our show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you know, here on Let's Chat, we like to do something fun. I'm, that's just the end of my portion of that. Um, T, come up with all the questions. So if you got pearls, I'm going to say, I would say clutch them. I'm going to say go ahead and just put them on the table because I don't know what you're going to ask you. I don't know, I don't know what direction you're going in, honey. So I'm just saying it. 
You know, I had a different question in mind, but I want to go just go back to a goodie, an oldie but a goodie, because we have seen and experienced your growth. Now, first of all, thank you for joining Alicia and I here on this chat once again. You know, we always so enjoy when you visit us. You know, you come into the doors of this chat and you just bust open and we are so excited to see you. So thank you once again for joining Alicia and I. You are so welcome. But, Leash, I, I have to invite her into our garden. I don't think we asked her our garden question. Leisha and I have a virtual Let's Chat garden, Sunny. And, you know, a lot of guests have, have contributed to that garden. We have so much in there. We have benches. We have trees. We have rocks. We have flowers. We have plaques. We have some of everything. And those things represent the guests that have come to the doors of Let's Chat. But we want you to add to the Let's Chat Garden, virtual garden tonight, and we want you to plant something that is representative of Sunny Giovanni and her growth in not just in literature, but in life. You know, it could be a plant, it could be a rock, it could be sunshine, it could be anything. But what can you contribute to our virtual Let's Chat Garden that represents you? Oh, I'm going to give you a rock. And I'm going to say, if they're not with you, they in the way. Pick me up and chunk it. All right, now. I like that, Lee. She she gave the meaning of something totally different, and I love it. We love it. I mean, so my thank you too. <laughs> yeah, no, those are, oh man, people collect rocks. Yeah, you know, I have one sitting right here. <laughs> I love it. You know, and it's representative and it's subjective to what it means to you. So we welcome any and everything. We love that. That's we, when we go into our garden. Oh no, that's Sunny's rock right over there. Oh, that's that. You know, those those things are important to Alicia and I. And we thank you for planting it in our garden tonight. Well, thank you. Use in case of an emergency, okay? Emergency. <laughs> emergency <laughs> I like that. I know that's right. And we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. You know that you are always welcome. We want you to shout out all of your social media, where everybody can get your books, and any events you have coming up. All right. So I am, of course, on Facebook sometimes. Um, Sunny Giovanni, that's how you can find me. Um, I am on Instagram sometimes, the <laughs> Sunny Giovanni, and uh, of course you can always visit my website. I'm very active on there. If you send a message or, you know, you just add a contact, the SunnyGiovanni.com, and of course I am on TikTok as Sunny Giovanni. Awesome. All awesome. right. Awesome. Make sure you don't. Okay. So shout out to y'all for having me. Um, spotlighting me. I appreciate it. And Leisha, it was something I was supposed to tell you, and I remembered on my way home from work because I had this thought in my mind: be on time, be on time. <laughs> so it was years ago. I remember you. It was six degrees of separation, actually, because I was listening to I'm Missing You by Brandy and everybody else. And mm-hmm. I, it was a hard time for me to listen to that song because I lost a lot of people. They went to the great beyond in the last two years. 
And I was like, be on time, be on time. And I was going to inbox you and be like, I'm going to be on time. And then I saw a message where you said he had to reschedule. And I was like, okay, so when? And then you never messaged back. But a couple days later, I learned from um, Jasmine Devonish that you had lost, I think, your grandma or your aunt. Oh, your mom. And I was meaning to send my condolences. But back then, I thought, okay, it's two days later. If I send condolences now, I'm going to seem like I'm rude because she has to reschedule our interview. And I'm just in the inbox, like, to win. So, I still mm-hmm. say my condolences, my love, and my strength. Aww. I appreciate Aww. it. Yeah, that was a rough time. My mind, you know, my mind was bad for a minute. My man was really bad for a minute, so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And it's never too no late problem. for things like that. No, it's not. You have to be right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank we so you. appreciate you. Feel free to stay on. You know, we got our sports segment, you know, he is Miss Sports One on One. She's gonna be talking that talk about everything sports with Mr. Jazz. So feel free to listen, feel free to chime in on their sports talk. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you guys. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Y'all too. Okay. Bye bye. She's just awesome, Lisa. I love when she visits us. I know. I love it. I love it. And you too can be a guest on Let's Chat Radio. Again, just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. We so appreciate you guys. We're going to take a brief break and we will be back. Okay. I'm trying to get our music. We're going to do some school yonder. Them niggas sell for the cash. They don't even sleep. Lost in the streets, you forgot where you was going, I had to play my hand, they played for the keeps, they saw it as defeat, but in fact I won, life is a bitch, death is a sis, no shit, everyone dies in the arms, that's why I got my dust lined up on the fence, cause it has to make sense when it's time to perform, even when it's signs of a storm, do it for your kids, do it for your mom, too much of a tough guy, why you crying in the dark, nigga find it in your heart, time to be smart. I, I want what's right for leave mine, so what I like to be high, I still look nice in a tie, you know I live for the vibe, but we all just live in a die. Only thing ever came to a dream of what's sleep right now, what you die for it. Fuck them niggas, my nigga, know you ride with your heat right now, you would die for it. What's your foundation of a family, man, gotta stand for something. Die for it. Some niggas in the household name to the game Pay attention to this hit like these swinging on my chain I'd kill and die for them cause I know they do the same But with her, she gon' do a whole lot of fake I'm with hip and me spinning but don't condone on how I make it I, I got two assists, 
ain't got nothing to do with you. How many people actually look like what they been through? I've been sitting in the shack having visions on the yacht. Women running around with no bottoms, no top. Gave with me trouble, Dre and Wild. Out of sigh of relief, I'm glad we made it off the block. Shit, I put my niggas on, they niggas put they niggas on, they niggas put they niggas on. You see what this is doing, nigga? Yeah, and the process is yeah. going, nigga. Yeah, and you already know, nigga. To a dreamer with some sleep right now, would you die for it? With you, fuck them niggas, my nigga, know you ride with the heat right now, you would die for it. You would die for it. You would die for it. You, you know and I know it. To die for it. I'm the one, greatness in motion, you are just a pawn. Yeah, yeah. Why you hide when it's on? This of a gangster heart and stone. Yeah. Revenge is automatic. Spin your block like an atlas. Ill shit, we back at it. Yeah. Sharks flying through, cause a havoc. We come from two totally different fabrics. Yeah, uh, yeah. Strong dope, flex on my wild shine. Chrome spoke, you were at the table with the wrong folks. Tell me what you want, bro, cause we ain't gone that long, bro. Forgive me for my sins, I admit, but every one of them bitches I met. Repent while I'm on drugs, straight blitz. No shit, grit life, that's something I meant. Only thing ever came to a dream was some sleep right now. Would you die for it? Now, would you die for it? Now, would you die for it? Yes, that was School Yonder. Shout out to School Yonder. We appreciate him always thinking about us and his music. Y'all, we is back. We is back. We are back with our next sports segment. Absolutely. We're just waiting to see if my co-host, Mr. Jazz, is coming in. He may be in a little bit of traffic, but I'm going to reach out again to make sure uh, he's able to get through it. (laughs) Well, I'm being his, I'm going to be the stand-in. I'm be the stand-in, y'all. You know, listen, I could talk a little sports. I know a little something, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, we are into our Let's Chat sports segment. You know, this is a time where uh, Jazz and I usually talk about that talk on all things sports, what's going on in the sporting world, and a lot is going on. Not only in football, but in all sports. You know, March Madness has started. Baseball has finally gotten through their contract woes. So that should be started in about three weeks. And then we have the NBA and all that goes on with that. So there's a lot to talk about, and I'm just reaching out once again to see what Jazz is I, 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 got, I got a question. I, I got a question. I want to go back to football season. Brady, how come you won't retire? What's going on? <laughs> I saw that. When they talking about him going to the 49ers, I was like, no, thank you. Return the center. We don't want him. And now he's going back to Tampa Bay. I'm like, listen, retire, man. It's time. It's time. What's, mm-hmm. what's he doing, me? Well, when he announced his retirement, I don't think he got the fanfare that he was expecting but I didn't think he would be long in retirement anyway because Tom Brady eats, sleeps, and drinks football. And I just couldn't see him sitting on the side after 20-some-odd years of playing football and just watching the game. I just didn't see it. You know, Dan and I talked about that 
on a new on a number of occasions. And him coming back just kind of proves it. I don't think he was ready. He had two months to think about it, and I guess he said, "Nah, this ain't for me. Let me get back out on the on the in the grass." On the field. So he had so he had the magic, the Michael Jordan effect. Remember when Michael kept retiring and coming back and retiring and coming back, like he couldn't let it go. So mm-hmm. that's Brady mm-hmm. going through the motions of he can't really let it go right now. Right. You know, it's not always what you expected until you go through it. So I guess he went through it for a couple of months and said, nah, this ain't for me. But he was going back to the Rams, and he had to do it yesterday because of the limitations on signing and things like that because I think tomorrow is the de- is the cutoff. And he has to make sure his team is assembled in Tampa, but also to give his other players a chance to say whether they want to resign with Tampa or not. But as far as the 49ers, you know, that's where he has always wanted to play. And I think that he will eventually, we don't eventually end up there one year. um, Don't forget that. We don't want But that's what he wants. (laughs) That's what he wants. So we shall see what happens with that. But it's interesting. You know, his father was uh, talking today. He was kind of intimating that Brady was forced into retirement because of the media. If anyone mm-hmm. knows and follows Tom Brady, they know he is very calculating. He doesn't make moves without extensive thought to it. So when I heard him talking about that, I'm like, that's a bunch of crock. You know, that this man is never forced to do anything, Tom Brady. So it was like he was trying to blame the media for his son's retirement and reemerges back into the football world. I just don't know. Might have been his wife. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> that was Jay. I- I'm sorry, girl. I didn't mean to shade you, girl. I didn't mean to shade you at all, child. I'm sorry about that. You know. But, you know, speaking of Giselle, his wife, you know, Miss Supermodel, she probably got a taste of Brady under her feet for two months and say, nah, babe, you need to get back on that football field. <laughs> I'm just saying. I will say, listen, I will say, you know, behind every great man is always a better woman. Your wife, Mm -hmm. your wife, whatever you tell her you want to do, you tell her you want to go to the moon, she going to make you a moon suit. Baby, we going to the moon. When do you want to do it? Like, we will make it happen. Whatever that passion Mm -hmm. is, that desire is for our husbands, we will make that thing happen we will go to war we will battle you want to go back on the field hold on give me give me 10 minutes get on the phone (laughs) make a couple calls uh go ahead and pack up your stuff (laughs) they expect expect you on the field go ahead and pack your bags they're expecting you it's all set up and ready to go but we will do that and Mm -hmm. in all her crazy because that's what we do Yep, and in all her craziness, I will say she will battle for her husband. She don't play. Mm, that's for sure. But I think that um, I don't. I didn't think he was ready, at least when he announced his retirement. And if, if you remember when he did announce his retirement, there was so much happening in the football world at that time. You know, that's when the lawsuit was brought. I mean, if not that same day, the next day is when Brian Flores 
brought the lawsuit against the NFL and various teams. So mm-hmm. that that Brady retirement didn't get the fanfare that he kind of expected, you know. So he was robbed of that, and then something else was kept coming up. So Brady's retirement kind of got pushed to the side. So now, right at the start of MLB training, March Madness was dropping today, started today. Yesterday, he decided to say, hey, guys, I'm back. So I think, <laughs> in all honesty, he he needs that stands there. You know, yeah. Brady does everything at his own pace and at his own, you know, at his own pace. And he doesn't do anything just to be doing it. He gives a lot of calculation to what he's doing. So I wasn't surprised to see him come back out of retirement after just 80 days. Absolutely. And then the overshadow March Madness. I mean, it's on the horizon. He probably like, this is the best time to do it. they college kids. Listen, I'm bigger than that. And boom, this this how we're going to work that. I'm just saying, I'm mm-hmm. sure he's like, that, that was what he was thinking about. So on the March Madness, okay, what are your thoughts about the season? I don't follow a lot of college football, but I do have a favorite coming out of March Madness to take it all, and that's I'm going with Gonzaga. They're ready to take it all. What's your thoughts on it? I don't follow college uh, basketball. I don't. Um, uh, so I can't really comment. I do want to say with Gonzaga, uh, number 34, he was flexing, and I understand he's excited, but baby, I'm going to need you not to do that no more. But just <laughs> come up with a new thing. What is, come up with a new what thing. What are you doing? Child, he, was, he got this flex going on with these itty-bitty must Listen, I don't know who his people is. But they might have wanted to tell him to come up with another another thing to to show your excitement for what you got going on. <laughs> and you know it probably was because uh, you know the the media they will get a off a offside picture of you doing something. So that's mm-hmm. probably where they got it from. Um, mm. ESPN is promoting it. Okay. okay, so you got to be really careful. And I think a lot of college kids. Um, because of the changes and things, you have to be more careful about certain things because you're going to be in the media more. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even though you're in mm-hmm. college, you want to be in the media more. And thinking about those things are essential um, because mm-hmm. you are a brand. Even though you are in college, mm-hmm. you're a brand. I think we talked about this with the college kids. Oh, I lost you, Lee. No, I said, I think we talked about this with the college kids. Remember we talked about um, college athletes mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. for the Having those people in your corner. Yeah. Right. Your people that are, that, are, that are keeping their eye on you, trying to steer you in the right directions and not, like you said, doing things that, because that's your brand. You know, and, and if you're new to the NBA, you don't want certain things out there because once it's out there, you can't get it back. And you want to be shown in your best light. I absolutely agree with that. I absolutely agree. But you know what? I think that um, 
I think the women are going to give the men a run for their money this year. I really think, mm-hmm. and I see women athletes coming up on the horizon as kind of overshadowing um, some of the men athletes because they are great. They are. And it's unfortunate that the women don't get as much as many flowers as they should. I mean, it, what they get pales in comparison to their male counterparts, and that's just so unfortunate because, like you said, we have some great female athletes, not just in basketball but across the sports board, and they just don't get their accolades. They don't get half of what the men get, and it's so unfortunate because it's kind of like saying – who you are and what you do is not as important as your male counterparts. And that's just unfortunate and it's so untrue. Absolutely. And you got to think about your moments um, and, and the moments you want to have, those moments that you have, those excitements, memories, some of those, we have those crazy faces. Those You got to think about those moments. Those are going to be moments mm-hmm. you want to hold on to. They're going to be replayed mm-hmm. all the time. They're going to be made a meme. So you got to mm-hmm. think about that as well. Um, just like, what was the man's name from the Rams? Um, uh, Whitworthy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he told his children, well, he told his family that he... Uh, wasn't going to play football anymore at the end of the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? That That's a moment. That's a moment that's mm-hmm. always going to be there. They're always going to have pictures. You got the media all around. So in that moment, you know, we get to see him as a dad. We get to see his his kids reacting, you know, to his family reacting to him um, saying, I'm going to be home more often. And, and I think a lot of college athletes have to look at like the blueprint. We always talk about the blueprint, the things that you see around you. Um, and you've got to kind of adapt in that. Yeah, some people, some of them are just playing college sports to get that scholarship. Some may not go forward. Um, but while mm-hmm. you're in it, you got to be in it to win it. You know, so you got to right. always think about those moments. Mm-hmm. And some may not even stay the full four years. They could be one and done. You know, they're in it until they get that that some college experience and some exposure. You know, you don't always get as much as you would if you had stayed stayed more than a year. But, you know, some people just say, no, this just it's just not for me. Absolutely. So, but I think the greatest thing – um, with the NCAA has expanded the field to 68, and they've extended March Madness's brand uh, to the women's basketball tournament. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even though it's still new and a lot of work needs to be done, I think them acknowledging new female players and just kind of bringing that out into the forefront, a lot of change is going to come. Mm-hmm. A lot of change is going to come with uh, college players, I really believe. Uh, a lot of great changes. Mm-hmm. I, I see changes come, but I've had my experience with the NCAA and all their rules and regulations. So I've seen it up close and personal, but I think at this point they're being forced to change because it was, if it was left to them, you know, we've had our, our – 
spat with them with my son playing college ball, and it, it, it wasn't easy. You know, they they never we never felt like they took the athlete part of it primarily. It was always what can we get out of it, and the athlete has always been left to the wayside. And I think because of the exposure they've been under this, this last year and a half or so, they're trying to make a change in the right direction. So it, for me, it just remains to be seen the changes that they're making, but changes definitely need to be done as far as the NCAA, whether it be Absolutely. football, basketball, or whatever, but it's definitely needed for these I young agree. athletes. Mm-hmm. Now, on to the NBA, child. Listen, they got some things going on. Let's talk about it, T. <laughs> well, I don't know if anyone saw the game on, I want to say this past weekend, they whether it was Saturday or Sunday, between the Sixers and the Nets, because that got big-time eyes on that. You know, that was because of the James Harden trade and the Ben Simmons trade. So all of that was came to a culmination. I think it was Sunday. I want to say Sunday. So a lot of talk had been geared towards that. You know, everyone was wanting to see how much of an impact James Harden was going to have with the Sixers because they had been winning since he gone there. But the Nets went in to Sixers territory and just dominated. You know, I mean, they shut down. They shut down James Harden. They shut down Joel Embiid. You know, they went and made a statement for the first time. Y'all know I'm a homer. (laughs) There's no qualms about it. My homer hat is on. For the first time, I was actually rooting for the Nets because, you know, that I I had to represent. But that was really a good team. A lot was shown as far as the depth of each team. You know, James Harden was really just shut down, Leash. I think he, he may have had two or three shots the whole game. What? Yes. <laughs> two or three. I think he ended up with 11 points, and that's because he went to the free throw line. That's how but, much of a uh, shutdown he had. And I think that, I, I don't know, I don't want to say it's it's a, a whole facade because I just feel, you know how people uh, take advantage of a situation? Mm-hmm. I think that's where it is. Like you had DeMarcus Cousins laughing in his face. You know, like all of that is just, it, it, I think that's just going to fuel him once he gets started. Once he gets started. Who is meaning James, James, James Harden? Yeah, I think that's just mm-hmm. going to fuel him. I think right now he's adjusting. You know, he's you know he got a family. He's moved. He's trying to get things going. You got a new team. Y'all trying to mesh together. And then okay. and we're not going to say it's the partying thing. We're not going to say that. But uh, he got to get he, some things under control. Yes, he, he got to get some this things is under James, this, this is who he is, though, Lee. You know, he, he doesn't take care of his body. He's never taken care of his body. He came into training camp at the start of the season not in the best of shape, and he was not even interested in getting into the best of shape. You know, his, this is not the first round, first time he's done this. 
That's how he got out of Houston. That's how he got out of OKC. And, again, that's how he got out of Brooklyn. This is just his M.O. You know, it was that he and Embiid are in the honeymoon stage, you know, until they meet up with the Nets. James Harden has a tendency, he has a track record of not showing up in big-time games. So I wasn't surprised that he was shut down during that next game because his whole career, he has this reputation of not showing up when his team needs him the most. And that's just, that's, that's just the fact. They can go back in his library and see those games. I'm going to need him to show up with a shave first, T. I'm just saying. <laughs> show up with a shave, boo. You at work. Clean it up a little bit. But And I agree. The partying is much because you can see it on his face. Like, you can see it mm-hmm. in his the energy you get from him. Like, I need him to go back to clean, you know, clean up his beard and kind of look more to yourself. It sounds like he's gearing up for a retirement. Mm-hmm. Now, not until he gets a championship, because that's what he's chasing. But well, you right after that beatdown, partying every weekend—that ain't what you're chasing. You're chasing something, but it ain't a championship. But right after that beatdown with the Nets, he went out partying, par for the course. That what you he always does. That that I care. Kind <laughs> of I don't care attitude, but it's like, dude, get your head in this game. You want to ring, you want to retire, then do what you got to do to get that. If you don't want that, mm-hmm. then just retire. If you don't want to play, then just retire. Maybe he's just trying to get out of his contract. I don't know. But it don't look mm-hmm. good. I'm going to need him to get yeah, that. Yeah, there's business. a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Definitely a lot going on. We'll, I'm sure we'll have more to report next week on Let's Chat Sports. But um, a lot's going on, though, definitely. But now you know that Utah game was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that, Utah and um, – was that Milwaukee? Let me see. Was it them or was it Phoenix? It was – It was. Was it Phoenix? Yeah, Milwaukee got which, the ugly jerseys this year. Milwaukee Bucks? You mean the green and white? Yeah, with the ugly green. I'm trying <laughs> you to. You don't like them? <laughs> you don't uh-uh. like those uniforms? <laughs> no, I did not. Mm-mm, I don't like it. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> Utah Jazz played. Yeah, it was the Bucks. What day was, you uh, about? The other, It was yesterday. They yesterday? played the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a good game. 117 mm-hmm. to 111. Like, they played that game. They really mm-hmm. did. The Bucks won. But just, you know, I miss the days of basketball where you have those exciting games that are so close like that, where you mm-hmm. like on the, this, the front of your seat and you just, you can't breathe, you want everybody to be quiet, you know, I miss that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. why I stopped watching a lot of sports because I don't get that effect anymore. But that game mm-hmm. was exciting. Even in the highlights, it was exciting. And that's mm-hmm. what I think basketball is missing. What do you think? Yeah, that's it's like that old school basketball, you know, where you see you see guys 
you know, dapping it up before the game, like they're best buddies, and then they get into the game, and then after the game, they're dapping it up again. Back in the day, we came in. There was no dapping. You know, we, we came here to beat you guys down, and that's what we're here for. So that kind of initiates the excitement of it because, you know, they, they came to they came to do whatever it did. Back in the day, they did whatever they did to win the game, and it's not like that anymore. You know, you mm-hmm. can't touch them a certain way. You can't. They, the, the physicality is gone from the game. I think that's what you're talking about as well, if I'm not mistaken, Lee. Is that what it is? Like, I'll be missing that, that um, that you did with basketball. You know, this, that, that, um, but that Utah game, it had that ump. It was fast-paced. Like, feet mm-hmm. was moving. You know, mm-hmm. they were moving. And they were fighting for that win, you know, and you can mm-hmm. see they wanted it. And you can see they were into the game. You know, sometimes you'll watch basketball, you got them lazy ones, you see, like, which, well, are you here to play? Like, they both teams are here to play. <laughs> and, and Milwaukee mm-hmm. has been improving um, just in the season. So that game, I think, was, for me, that's what we want to see more of. We want to see more of mm-hmm. fast moving feet work. We want to see that. We want to see these mm-hmm. three-pointers. We want to see the excitement where everybody is excited. They don't know what to do. Not these these games where it's like, what what are y'all doing? You know, mm-hmm. well, what's going mm-hmm. on? What, what's going on? Mm-hmm. We want mm-hmm. to see more of that. And I think that, if I'm not mistaken, and this is my opinion, I think that views for the NBA and NFL has gone down a little bit because we don't have that effect. We miss mm-hmm. that old school sport, um, that mm-hmm. old school sports grind. We miss that old school basketball, like with the elbows and, the, you know, listen, this is exciting to us. NBA, we need, we need this. We need y'all to mm-hmm. hype it up and mm-hmm. more people to well, up. Mm-hmm. Well, certain teams, they play at a higher, a higher pace, like, the Bucks are the reigning champions, so I like that game. Giannis is an exciting player to watch. You know, he's a big man that does a lot of things big men don't usually do. So there's excitement just in that alone, just to watch him at play. The Utah Jazz, you know, the certain West Coast teams, they have a different style of play, a faster style of play. So when the East and the West meet, you know, you kind of get that medium between mm-hmm. – the pace of the pace of the game. So yeah, it depends on who's playing any given night on how, you know, how fast or not as fast the game is is played. So that that makes a difference. I like the Warriors. The Warriors play at a very fast game. I was just about to say, you know, that's my team. Yeah, that's I know. <laughs> that's my team. Anything from California except. You know, that's my team, anything for California, from the Bay Area, because that's my home. Listen, Steph Curry with them 47 points, stop playing with him, y'all. Y'all better stop playing with him. I think it was a couple weeks ago, they was trying to drag my man on social media. Y'all see how he mm-hmm. did that game? Stop it. <laughs> I didn't see that on social media. You know, when I'm not on social media, I'm, I'm working. So I didn't see them dragging. Somebody actually tried to drag Steph Curry 
on social they media. Was I can't believe they, they was trying to say, oh, look, heard. And then, listen, stop playing with this man. <laughs> That's about as what he eats, sleeps, and breathes. He put that 47 points up. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched that game with the other night when he and Clay Thompson, I, I, he's another one exciting player. I'm so happy to see him back. You know, when the two of them are on the court and Draymond Green came back, I think it was last night's game. He had um, uh, 25 points. Yeah, last team. night's game. Um, Draymond Green? Yeah, he had like 25 points. You know, but I think that they're a powerhouse. When you see them together, you mm-hmm. know, you it's like, remember the Dream Team back in the day? Just like when you got players that come together, that vibe, and that have mm-hmm. that, that energy on the court. Right. I, that's the best so part about the Warriors game because the Warriors game will give you a heart attack. It will give you a heart <laughs> attack. Like, you'll be like, I can't breathe. I don't know. You start sweating. Like, this is – that's my team. I'm sorry. I, I love I love the Bay Area. Mm, yeah, that that was an exciting game. And I think there um, there's a few games on tonight. That are blowouts actually. The Grizzlies and the Pacers is like a thirty some odd blowout in favor of the Grizzlies. And the Nets and the Magic, another thirty point blowout. So, you know, it all depends on who you're watching on any given night. So I mean the Heat are playing, you know, they're another exciting team to watch. You know, they play at a very fast pace. And they're actually on the East Coast, but they play at a very fast pace. So that's exciting. That's what we need. That's what we need. And then let's go mm-hmm. on to baseball. Child, they finally got their life on that contract, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, they finally got past that. You know, I was. Uh, I'm. I'm always in favor of the underdog. I was in favor of the the players because the owners were just being ornery. You know, they 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 because of the last two collective bargaining contracts. The players didn't dispute some things, some aspects of the contract where it left players being able to receive huge amounts of money for the last two collective bargaining agreements, and the owners don't want to release that. They don't want to give up the money that they have been receiving for these last couple of years due to the contract that wasn't, you know, disputed. So the players were trying to get some of that money back. And not only that, but they wanted the younger players to be able to get a bigger bigger part of it. And the owners were being owners. I mean, some of these owners are multi-billionaires. Multi-billionaires. Well, you know what? When Jonathan was playing baseball, um, my son played baseball really well. He had a really good arm. He was really fast. And the one thing people will always say about baseball is that's where you're going to make some money. If you want to go into the pros, that's where you go to make your money. And I think over the years, it has changed some. So where they're trying to pull back a little bit because, you know, they make a lot of money. Like, but Mm -hmm. it's a hard game. Like that game, I think just, Baseball alone, I want to say, is harder on your body than any other sport. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard. 
you got you sliding your arms, you're like like it's a hard sport. And so to be great at it, to excel in it, you are really working twenty four hours a day. Absolutely. And now it also depends on what position you play. You know, some positions require more than others. So it was it's 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 definitely back on. I think they they all came to an agreement. I want to say this past weekend or Monday or between Friday and yesterday, all of that was resolved. But now they have issues where they don't know who is going to be able to play where because of yeah, the vaccine. Yeah. You have to be vaccinated in order to play yeah. in certain areas. Absolutely. Like here in New York. You have to be vaccinated. I know in Toronto they have to be vaccinated. I know in the Bay Area they have to be vaccinated. So, and there's quite a few players that are not vaccinated, and not just in baseball, but basketball as well. And I can't remember about football because that's played outside. But I know definitely baseball, that was most of the talk today in the sports world is about vaccinated and unvaccinated players and when and where. Some of your top five players um, may not be able to play. But this is my thing, because whether you are vaccinated or not, you can still get coronavirus. You can get it. You can, I mean, you can get it. You can give it. You can. It still can happen. It's how you take care of yourself and, and how you move around just when you're around other people. And I think that a lot of them understand that. And there are some... That, you know, when it comes to vaccinations, you got to think about it like with a flu vaccination. If you are tolerant to lactose, you may not want to get a flu vaccination because it's made with eggs. You know what I'm saying? So there are a lot of factors that people have to think about when it really, truly comes to being vaccinated. You know, the fear of just being sick if you're not normally sick, you know, and I think that that is a right, whether they choose to be vaccinated or not, because they're going to, if if anybody gets it, they're going to get it. I don't care if they were vaccinated yesterday, you know, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. this lockout was really hard. You know what I'm saying? This, this was, this was crazy. This was really crazy. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that it's over. I'm glad that opening season is coming up in, in a couple of weeks. Um, but they do have a lot of free agents. I see them floating around here. A lot of free agencies. And they're going to have to decide on this, I, I think, based on owners. I mean, if you're not going to be vaccinated, mm-hmm. you've got to put different type of rules and regulations on that player so that they can play. Mm-hmm. But I think it was at the start, after, it was about over 300 free agents that had to be, you know, that, that had been floating throughout this lockout. So a lot of movement has been going on since the, the resolution of the contract. But it also plays a part on organizations, who they draft, who they get as far as free agents. Are you going to be spending all these millions of dollars on a player that can't play? So now that's another aspect of the vaccination that plays a key part in where these free agents land. Why am I spending millions of dollars on Joe Schmo when he's not going to be available for 90 games out of the season because he can't play because of his vaccination status? 
So that changes the game tremendously on where these people land up, or even if they do land up anywhere. Who wants to spend all that money and only play half a game for the whole season? And you don't know where we're going to be in three, four, five months with the with the virus and the vaccination status. So all of that plays a key role in how the MLB moves as far as signings. So that remains to be seen. What comes of that? And I and I I really agree with that too, um, because there's going to be some dramatic changes that's going to come um, between this season and next season. I definitely um, believe that because of that lockout and how everything has gone down between the owners and the players, there's going to be some drastic changes that we're going to start seeing gradually. Um, rules and mm-hmm. things of that nature. I think we're going to see that more. We're going to see them gradually between this season and next season, but they're going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely going to have to happen because it affects how the game is played. You know, it affects how who who plays the game. So a lot has to be taken into you know into consideration going forward because. It's supposed to be a full season, and fortunately, at the end of the lockout, they have been canceling series. The first two series have been canceled, but they've reiterated those two seasons. So those two seasons are going to be played. It's just a matter of juggling the schedule when those teams are going to be in which city that those first two game series are affected. So you're going to have some double hit, some double headers. You're going to see games on days that should be off days. So those games are going to be made up. And the most important thing is that Jackie Robinson Day is gonna, is, hasn't been affected. So that's going to happen. So a lot of people were concerned about Jackie Robinson Day, which is a big deal for in MLB world. You know, yeah. so it's going to be a well, lot going on in the next couple of weeks. Well, Mansfield, you know, he made a statement. He said he went forward. Uh, he could be. He could. I could not be more excited about the future of our game. We have an opportunity in front of us. It's an opportunity that we need to work with the players to fully see, seize. So, like you know, the commissioner and the they're trying to come in order. The union is seeking increases in compensation for their youngest members. Um, so, I think that all of that is going to be playing out. Um, hopefully they can come together and the, and instead of the owners shutting down the industry, uh, come together and, and see what we can do to get this going. Absolutely. Because it, in all honesty, you know, people go to the game because of the players. They don't go to the game because of the owners. Nine times out of ten, you don't even know who an owner of a particular team is. Very you know, true. The, the players the players are what get butts in the seats, as they say. You know, the players are what gets those jerseys bought. The players are what keeps those other than baseball players employed in a in a in a coming to a game, the hot dog stands, you know the parking attendants, those players are what keeps those people employed because it keeps them coming back. 
the owners, the, the the people that are coming to see the game are not coming to support the owners. And I think the owners had to realize that we all need each other for this game to, to, to be played. You know, we need the players just as much as the players need us. And I think, in all honesty, they need the players more because without those players, they wouldn't be making those billions of dollars because nobody would be coming to the game. Absolutely. That's just my take on it, you know, but, you know, do you have to see your end game and, and realize what am I willing to give up to make this end game a reality, to get the most out of this end game? You know what I mean? Absolutely, and then it's really just coming to a, a, an agreement and an understanding and getting on the same page. But I did like mm-hmm. what um, Manfred said. You know, one of the things that I'm supposed to do is promote a good relationship with our players. And I've tried to do that. I have not been successful in that. So, you know, he's he's kind of taking responsibility. Like, this is what I, I thought I was trying to do. But clearly, that's not what was working. And so him um, being willing to move forward and say, okay, what can we do? Let's come together. Let's let's get this back on track, I think is a big thing. Well, I, I take what he says with a grain of salt. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because when he's, when he's talking – the owners are talking. You know, he's there to represent the owners. He's not there to represent the sport. He's not there to represent the players. He's there to do the owner's bidding. So what he is saying is what the owners are saying. So when you see him, you see an owner. You know, he's not there to make the sport better, unfortunately, because that's the name of the game. He's the commissioner. He works for the owners. But he I, doesn't work for the players. He doesn't work for the for the for the game itself. He's but he's representing the owners. But I think as the commissioner, I believe his responsibility is both. Because his ultimate responsibility is 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 the game itself. You know what I'm saying? And making sure that owners and players are on the same page, being that bridge, I believe that is his part of his responsibility. Um, because no, that's that that that's not what his primary responsibility is. His primary responsibility is to get everything. Any commissioner in any sport work for the for the owners. You know, the, the owners are first and foremost. The sport may play secondary, and the 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 players, if anything, they don't play any part. So those commissioners, when their mouths are working, they're the mouth the mouthpiece of the owners, you know, if they wanted to make the sport better, if they were working for the sport itself, you would see a lot, a lot of more different changes that's going on. That's what I'm saying. That, that's I'm, the reality of it. I think that that is part of their responsibility. They may not be doing it, but it is their responsibility because listen, if the players stop playing, like you said, you have no baseball. If the owner shut down, you have no baseball. So I think that them being in the middle, it's their job to pull everything together, pull everybody to the table and kind of get some, some understanding going. Because ultimately, if you fail, everybody fails. And that's just being as a commissioner. 
if you fail as a commissioner in doing your job, you're failing everybody. You're failing the players and you're failing the owners because your job is to make sure that you are that bridge, especially in a dispute. And, you know, locking them out, you don't, if, if you don't have baseball, you don't have a job. You don't have a job, Mr. Owner. You know, you have nothing to do. So you have to, when these things come up, and, I, and I'm listening to his words, and I hope they're genuine. I hope that he is looking forward to making things better and moving towards the future because this is the biggest thing that's happened in, 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 in baseball. You know what I'm saying? We don't need this. It's too much going mm-hmm. on. We have a pandemic. People are already going. And I understand that money it becomes a big issue. But you got to have a happy medium. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the unions work for the company too. You know, they don't too much work for the employees. They say they do. But you got to have, you got to have some people in the middle trying to bridge some things, trying to change some things and trying to, to, to make both sides. Mm-hmm. But those people on the, in the middle, they have their negotiators. They have, you have three sides. You have the player. You have the union, which is representing the player. You have the commissioner, who is representing the the, the the owners, and then you have your mediators in the middle. You know, so each side brings their concerns to the to the middle. You know, it's not up to the like I was saying before. It's not up to the commissioner, and it's not up to the union. You. Know, you have these things spread in front of you on the demands on both sides. And if you can't come to an agreement, that's why they weren't able to come to an agreement for so long. And they passed those deadlines, you know? And we so. can't have Exactly. We can't have that. So, Mr. Manfred, I hope your words are genuine. I really do. I hope hopefully and wanting to, to move forward. I hope that, you're very excited about the season and all the seasons to come. Mm-hmm. And I and I want you, I really hope that he allows the players and the owners to come together to really fully seize the opportunities that are are being presented to baseball. But we got a hand up. We got three, two, three, seven, six, three. You are live in the chat room. Where are you calling from? Mm-hmm. My name's Joe. I'm calling from Montana. Well, I came by because I saw that it was a, um, a program about chat and I didn't know what you uh, what you two were going to talk about. You're talking about baseball right now, but I came in to ask, are you um, do you have different topics or do you only talk about sports? We have different topics. We have a sports segment. And then we have like an entertainment segment. So we do talk about different topics. Mm, okay. See, my ballywick is uh, talking about relationships and politics. So apparently your show doesn't, um, you know, doesn't really talk about those particular topics. Uh, we do. We do. Just right we now do. we're talking. But if you even think about it in the realm of sports, relationship and politics, you know, that was a big issue in, in baseball, um, really, making the relationships between the, the unions 
and the commissioners, the owners and the players, and then the politics that comes behind the scenes um, when it comes to these contracts. So, you know, politics and relationships are across the board in every industry. Uh, but yes, we definitely do talk about that. Mm, okay. Well, then I'll, um, I'll, I'll leave now and I'll come back and again another time. And when I see that your show is presenting topics about uh, relationships between you know, people, individuals, or, uh, or politics in general, uh, in particular current mm-hmm. events, then I'll call back in. How's that? Absolutely, Jim. Well, you are always okay. welcome. Time. Uh, all right. Thank you much. Bye-bye now. You're welcome. Bye-bye. We want to joke. Thank you all for Montana. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's been so great you- talking sports with you tonight, Leash. I know. I, w- I was trying to be a stand-in for Mr. Jazz. Uh <laughs> He will be back on next week, uh, but I'm excited. Thank y'all for letting me um, entertain y'all on today. I appreciate it. We had a great <laughs> show. If you missed the beginning okay. of our show, no worries. Just head over to our archives here on blogtalk.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, um, even Spotify. Absolutely, and you can check out any of those shows like we said over there on any platform that you have your podcast, that you download your podcast from. Just search for Let's Chat with Miss Tony and Alicia, and we will pop up, and you can catch our shows there. Yes, Hardcore Grind will premiere on Sunday. We will have the panel discussions from the authors for Vision and Books. And then Tuesday, we will have some of the vendors in um, on the chat room side to talk that talk with us. Um, so we got a great lineup coming up. We appreciate you guys. Thank mm-hmm. y'all for rocking with us. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you for all the new countries that have been added uh, to our our scope of demog- demographics. So we thank y'all. We appreciate y'all for rocking with us, and we will see y'all on next week. Have a great evening, and continue to be safe. Good night. <laughs>